Hello, friends, and welcome to the Effective Church Leaders podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive. I'm your host, Carrie Holton, and I'm joined by my co-host, Becky Holton. Well, you still sound a little like Snortin' Norton over there. (laughs) You sound a little better. You've had quite the romping sinus infection. Yes, I've been under the weather. I'm sure our listeners are dying to know all about it. Yes, yes, but I am a little worried. I thought you were better, but you're drinking green tea. You're scaring me just a little. Not my favorite. I guess I should have made a cup of coffee instead. (laughs) I don't know. Well, we'll see how far we get in this podcast to see the Hopefully the listeners won't mind my gravelly strange, awkward, crackling voice. Well, good promo, honey. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll pick up here where we've kind of left off the last time because we're in the middle of a series entitled How to Attract More Guests to Your Sunday Morning Assembly. And you know, we've heard some really great feedback on these podcasts, which has been gratifying, but a little surprising too. Well, it has been good. And of course, it's a subject that church leaders are concerned about. Yes. So many churches are in a pretty deep decline. So naturally, leaders, I think, are just really interested in what they can do to attract more guests. Uh, So far, we have suggested a couple of things. Number one, create a compelling service. And number two, encourage Christians to invite their friends to church. So we're going to move into number three. What is your third suggestion, hon? Right. My third suggestion is serve your community. Talking to churches now. I mean, okay. make, make that church a servant of the community. Well, tell us a little bit more about what you're thinking. We need to be serving others. We need to be doing good in our communities. You know, serving others is the normal expression of Christian living. And this would be true whether you're talking about individual Christians or the church of which they are a part. I think we need to demonstrate that we are here for our communities rather than being here to take from our communities. And I really do believe that a lot of people in the world think that the church just takes from Mm. the community. What we need to do is develop the reputation of being here for the community. We are servants of the community of which we are a part. I really like that distinction that you made, and I think it's important for us. But, you know, I think a lot of people wonder, hon, if this is the role of the church, to be a servant of or a servant to their community. Well, they may wonder about that. I think the best thing to do here would be just to go to Scripture and try to justify what we're talking about Good. If, if there needs to be any justification. Let me take us first of all to Isaiah chapter 1. Verses 13 through 17. Here's what that text says. Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, and convocations. I cannot bear your worthless assemblies, your new moon feasts, and your appointed festivals. I hate with all my being. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you Even when you offer many prayers, I'm not listening. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. You know, when I I read that scripture and listen to it, I'm thinking as a paraphrase, All right, God is talking about their worthless assemblies. 
when they meet together to pray and worship him, but they're not living right. They're not concerned about people in need. I think that's interesting. Yes, it is. And this is such a graphic scripture that kind of spells it out for us, yes. really. But, you know, you and I have heard people argue that we aren't social workers. We're not supposed to be uh, just taking care of this and that need in the community. We're supposed to be kingdom builders. Well, we have heard that in so yeah, many words, I guess. But, you know, being a kingdom builder, apparently, according to Isaiah, is mm-hmm. pleading the case of the widow and taking up the cause of the fatherless and defending the oppressed and learning to do right and seeking justice. That is building up the kingdom. But that's an Old Testament verse. Well, okay. Let's talk about some New Testament verses. How okay. about Acts chapter 10, verses 36 through 38? You know the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know that what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went about doing good Mm -hmm. and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. I love that passage that clearly states that part of his ministry was just Going about doing good. I love that. Me too. Yeah. And, you know, I think what this tells us is that good deeds and good news can't and should not be separated. That was tweetable, honey. That's, I like it. Yeah, that's a really good um, way to co-join those. Right, good. Yeah. Good deeds and good deeds cannot be separated. And here's some more for you. How about Luke 9, verse 2? Jesus sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Or Luke 9, 11. The crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. So Jesus proclaimed the kingdom of God. He proclaimed this message, but he also did good to the people. He, he healed them when he could help them. Well, and I think there's some other scriptures that inform this subject even more. Go far, babe. Bring in, I, you know, Galatians six ten. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. There's Titus two seven. In every in everything, set them as an example by doing what is good. Titus three fourteen. Our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order to provide for urgent needs and not to live unproductive lives. That's an interesting parallel. Not doing good is an unproductive life, Very I think. Very good. Also, the big one that we hear quite a bit is Matthew 25, 34 through 46, which basically, to summarize, says if you're hungry, you know, uh, I was hungry and someone gave me food. I was thirsty. Someone gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and welcomed in. I was naked. I had was given clothes. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. You know, it doesn't scripture, all of these that we've been reading, I mean, aren't we hearing that scripture is justifying and I would say even more strongly commanding people to serve those in their community. Yes, and just to comment on that last scripture you read. Yeah, I don't think this is optional. No. Well, Matthew 25, Jesus says, this is what will determine who has separated the sheep from the goats. Well, and he also said, if you did it for them, you're doing it for me. Exactly. That's pretty straightforward. It's very straightforward. So, you know, I guess we could say that loving people is loving God, and serving people is serving God. Absolutely. 
Hi, are you a church leader who's concerned about the health of the church today? Perhaps your church is in decline and just not in a position of sustained health. Well, we at Connect 3 Ministries believe that job one in helping churches to move to a position of sustained health is to work with the leadership team. Building a healthy church begins with building a healthy leadership team. So let me ask you a few questions about your team. Are you comfortable being honest and transparent with one another? Is your team comfortable holding each other accountable? Does your team know how to handle conflict? Do you have a common vision to unite your team? Is your team achieving its goals? If your team could work together more effectively for the good of the church, perhaps we could help. We offer a one-day intensive workshop entitled the Effective Church Leaders Workshop. In this workshop, we discuss how to build a healthy leadership team, how to gain organizational clarity, and how to help your church thrive by embracing accountability and focusing on results. If you or your leadership team might be interested in bringing this workshop to your town and church, we would like to speak to you. For more information, go to our website at EffectiveChurchLeaders.com. Let's start a conversation. You know, wouldn't it be wonderful if people in our community knew that our church was there for the community? Yes. I mean, when I think about that, that just gets me a little Twitter-pated because I can't even imagine what that would be like if if the people in the community just said, oh, yeah, that church is the one that's going to whatever, because um, they have noticed an impact that that church is having in their community and, and our really grateful for the involvement and the contribution that their church has made to the community. I agree. I think we need to remember that God has placed us in our communities to be salt and light. Yes. We're not to be isolated from our community, but we are to be interacting with those in our community. You know, and sadly, I'm not sure that most of our churches have such a reputation. Now, many Many do, but I think many, many churches have turned inward. I agree, and and honestly, I think many times people outside the church may be focused on what the church is trying to get from them rather than how the church is impacting the communities where they are located. Yes. I'm thinking about one of my very favorite stories that Ira North used to tell. You know, Ira North was a gospel preacher. He preached for a long time for a church in Madison, Tennessee. I remember hearing him as a child. He was he was pretty fiery. He was dynamic. He yeah, was fiery. He was well-known. He had quite a reputation. Yeah. And you know, the Madison Church had a reputation of being a servant to yes. their community. Yes. I like the story that he told. And if our listeners have heard this story before, just please act like you haven't heard it. It's such a good story. He was He was in his office one Saturday afternoon at the church building preparing for his Sunday morning lesson. And he heard a knock at the door. Hmm. A couple of young boys came to the door. He greeted them and asked what he could do for them. And they said, well, we just have a question for you, sir. Is this the church that helps people? Oh, I like that. And Ira North, uh, in his uh, humorous way, said, you know, boys, out of all of the churches in Madison, Tennessee, you just happen to find 
the church that helps people. Oh, I love that story. Yes. And here were people in the community who little kids, little, little children who realized that this church had that reputation of serving the community. I love that story. And, um, makes my heart beat a little faster about how that could be facilitated in so many of our communities. And, you know, I can see that really part of this conversation that we're having about how we serve our communities could really be about building partnerships with others that are already in the community serving. For example, we could build relationships or partnerships to invest time and financial resources, leadership resources, and our voice. And this would help us to develop relationships with people outside of the church, not which we've talked about previously, as well as serve the community. Right. So rather than our churches withdrawing from their communities, um, like some are tend to do as they turn inward, can you give us some illustrations by what you mean of churches you know, serving their communities? Do you have some specifics that might spawn some creative ideas in us about how our churches could could reach out better? Sure. Well, I don't think that we're serving our communities and we've just put up a sign in the front yard that says, come worship with us. No. No, we need to demonstrate our love and our concern we for the to, community. Yeah, we need to tell them why they want to, because they should come. Good. Well, we need to demonstrate that yeah. in, in practical and demonstrable ways. Uh, for example, I heard about a church that uh, gave their members $1 million to distribute as they saw fit. Wow. Yeah. Uh, they Each member of the church got a packet of money and said, now you can take this money <laughs> and distribute it. Uh, you go to uh, this department store, go here to the street, whatever you want to do with it. Give it to those people that you think are in need. This was money that had been given to that church by an estate, if I remember correctly, or a large donation. Given by some big donor, yes. And instead of just pouring it into them and their facilities or staff or whatever, they made that decision. I love that. Yeah, that's an illustration that a lot of people, a lot of churches might not be able to relate to. Right. But but it does illustrate one way of serving the community, going out and looking for people in need. Well, and we've heard of other churches that have like dollar Sundays or something where they just pick up money every so often, and then that money's divided, and it's sent out to serve people in the community, pay off hospital bills, all kinds of things like that. You know, I think... Um, we hear quite a bit about churches that will adopt uh, a nearby maybe elementary school. Mm-hmm. And it's not just providing backpacks for some kids at the beginning of the school. It's a it's an all-year-long partnership where maybe there's um, a meal for the teachers right before school starts. And there's everything from backpacks and school supplies to clothes. Sometimes kids need tennis shoes to be able just to run. Um, it's maybe providing for the arts, you know, that costs a little bit more money. It's all kinds of things that this elementary school could use and maybe even throw in a block party when it's school time Good. starting again. You know, um, a church that made it clear they were, uh, we heard about a church that made it clear they were also supportive of law enforcement officers in their community. And you know what they did? They purchased safety equipment for them that they didn't have. Right. Wow. What that must have meant, not just to the officers, but their families. 
I like that, and I like when they bring those officers to the assembly on Sunday morning and make a big deal of the service Absolutely. that they render to the community. I mean, they put their life on the line every day for the community. Why not thank them? Right. And I'll give you another illustration. I was talking not long ago with a, a good friend of mine, Buster Sides, who preaches for a church in Blanchard, Oklahoma, small town. They have a close connection with the high school sports teams in their small town. Mm. And he was telling me, for example, about one week when the football team was going to the playoffs, the church was going to feed them breakfast. I like that. I think he mentioned yeah. they were going to feed all of them steak. Oh, wow. <laughs> going to be a big breakfast. But, wow. but they, had, they had developed a reputation as being uh, supporters of the high school sports teams. I like that. Well, we've heard of churches, too, that feed, their, feed the high school students every Friday in their, in their church building. It's a free meal, and the kids can come and bring other friends. But, of course, the staff's around and other people that are just serving them if they have questions or needs. You know, we often hear of uh, community gardens that are planted on the church's property, yes. which a lot of people that live in apartments, they don't have that ability to plant a garden. Right. And then um, even if church members plant in that garden, they distribute those vegetables to people in the community. And even better, they invite people in the community to come and help them work the garden with right. them. So we're developing relationships. I mean, we're coming up with a lot of great ideas. So if, if uh, you're a church leader listening to this podcast and you're going, man, we need to start doing some of this, um, how would they begin to serve their community? What are, do you have any recommendations on how to start? Well, I do, and, and I would just borrow from some suggestions that I've read about. There's a book called The Externally Focused Church by Rick Rousseau and Eric Swanson. Oh, that sounds good. I recommend the book. Anyway, in that book, they offer two suggestions, which I'm happy to pass along to our listeners. Number one, church leaders might identify the needs of their community and start ministries or programs to meet those needs. Okay. Yeah. Now, in other words, what we're talking about here is conducting a needs assessment. Right. To where, where, where the church leaders say, okay, here's our community. Here's how well we know our community. Here's where we see that we can help. It's also where you can go to talk to community leaders yes, um, and say, what can this church do to serve the community? What are the needs that you see? Yes. We've heard of crime-ridden uh, neighborhoods that the, the community leaders really asked if um, people from the church could move into local apartments and begin to work inside those apartments. And it was unbelievable yes. the change of having a Christian um, presence in those apartment buildings made in that community. Now, there may be some things that a church cannot do for their community, for sure. Right. But there are still a lot of ways that churches can help their communities. You know, for example, they might they might start a food bank. Yeah. They might start a learning center or maybe a tutoring center for the children or an English as a second language program for immigrants. I'm telling you, wouldn't you just Oh, I'd feel like I'd died and gone to heaven if the mayor called our church and said, hey, we've got this need. Could you help us with that? Yes, yes. So the first suggestion is try to identify the needs of your community and how the church might be able to relieve those needs. Right. And my second suggestion from this book would be you could partner with existing ministries or human service agencies that are already trying to meet those community needs. Yes, yes, because nearly every community has a, a number of human service or agencies and organizations that are morally 
positive and support and spiritually neutral and they're doing their best to meet the needs of the underserved and the under-resourced people in the community and uh Oftentimes, they are so underfunded and understaffed, and such agencies might include, um, you know, the food banks, a homeless shelter, emergency family housing, safe houses for abused women. The list could go on and on. The list is endless of how the church could help their community. I'm telling you, this just gets me excited thinking about how we can start stepping out of our front doors of our church buildings and engage in our community and just serve. I'm with you. Yeah. Well, we better close this discussion down. I know uh, we've given our listeners a lot to think about. Do you, do you have any closing thoughts? Well, I do. I would just like us to consider how serving our community and having the reputation of being servants to our community might positively affect the health and growth of the church. Absolutely. You know, we are talking about ways to attract more guests to our Sunday morning assembly. And who would doubt that being known as for our community might bring more people to our doors, people who might be searching for something more in their lives, which they believe the church might be able to offer. I like that because if, if the church is out serving and helping, then I think there's just a direct line that says this church is also going to help me spiritually. Right. They're going to be there. So, well, um, that's it for this episode. May God bless all of you as you consider how your church might become better servants in your community. So thanks again for listening to the Effective Church Leaders podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive.